Welcome to Mortification of Spin, a casual conversation about things that count. With Carl Truman, Todd Pruitt, and Amy Bird. Mortification of Spin is a weekly podcast from the Alliance of Confessing Evangelicals. This week, the crew uses the bully pulpit to answer the questions, should a Presbyterian marry a Baptist? And if so, how do they reconcile their differing views, especially when they start raising children? Let's join in to hear Todd, Carl, and Amy tackle some of the many issues surrounding this topic. Okay, so today we are going to kick off with another desperate theologizing, and this is where we have either blog posts or events that just seem a little bit desperate and grasping to try to make this topic about God. And today we have a special one. This was a song written by and performed by the largest church in Bakersfield, and they performed it on Easter, Sunday of all days. And we just want to read the lyrics for our listeners. So I will start off with the first stanza. I've cussed on a Sunday, I've cheated and I've lied. I've fallen down from grace a few too many times. But I find holy redemption when I put this car in drive, roll the windows down and turn up the dial. Can I get a hallelujah? Can I get an amen? Feels like the Holy Ghost running through ya. When I play the highway FM, I find my soul revival singing every single verse. Yeah, I guess that's my church. (laughs) When Hank brings the sermon and Cash leads the choir, it gets my cold, cold heart burning hotter than a ring of fire. (laughs) When this wonderful world gets heavy and I need to find my escape, I just keep the wheels rolling, radio scrolling, till my sins wash away. Mm, I got the best line there. Man, that's great. That's truly awesome. (laughs) You know, it almost makes me think country might be a redeemable form Mm -hmm. of music, actually. Absolutely. Well, I think, I mean, I think that song has a future at uh, Cornerstone Presbyterian Church in Ambler, Pennsylvania. And the only pastor I know in Bakersfield, actually, is Chad Vegas. I wonder Mm. if it's it's Chad's church. (laughs) I bet you it's Chad's church. Chad, Chad, if you're listening out there, we've got you. We're proud of you, man. We're proud of you. (laughs) So, largest church in Bakersfield, perhaps with Chad Vegas as pastor, (laughs) you are this week's Desperate Theologizers. (laughs) Desperado Why don't you come to your senses You've been out riding fences For so long now Oh, you're a hard one But I know that you got your reasons These things that are pleasing you can hurt you somehow Well, today we want to talk about a topic that uh, is, is not easily resolvable. I should also add that due to technical difficulties, this is the fourth time we have recorded uh, this episode. So it may be that the jokes seem a little bit staged and uh, and a little bit pro forma. Uh, But we need to do it again for obvious reasons uh, connected to Todd's daughter, as will become obvious uh, later in the show. But the question is this. We received uh, uh, an email from a listener who is a Peter Baptist 
Mm-hmm. And she is in love with a Reformed Baptist. I believe engaged. Engaged. Mm-hmm. She's in love with and she's engaged. Well, it's her friend. <laughs> it's Her friend. Was. Oh, she has a friend. She has a friend. She has yeah. a friend mm-hmm. who's a Peter Baptist who's in love with a Reformed Baptist and indeed engaged to him. Mm-hmm. And the question is, can a Peter Baptist marry a Reformed Baptist given the obvious issues that are going to come up relative to, to children? And even if you don't have children, Church membership. Right, because she was she was really struggling as a Pado Baptist, her friend was, um, of going against, you know, her church on this and then not baptizing her infants. Yeah. Well I think it clearly I mean it represents some challenges if if, if I'm doing premarital counseling with a couple that's in that position. Um, I certainly wouldn't say that that their marriage is anything like being unequally yoked if they both affirm uh, uh, Christ as Savior and Lord, if they're both uh, committed to the church and, and they're growing, I wouldn't uh, make that a, a deal breaker by any stretch. However, it can present uh, some real issues. And, and I would say if I'm doing premarital counseling with a couple like that, I, I want them to be sure before they make, take their vows uh, that they have already decided what they're going to do when it comes to children. If they're going to baptize them as infants, um, in a covenantal sense, or if they're going to wait until they profess faith in Christ. I, I think they need to settle that before they get married. Wouldn't you think so? Yeah, I would agree. Uh, clearly, it's, uh, it's an issue that is going to come up if they have children, so it's important to discuss it in advance. I would mm-hmm. also recommend that each party read the best books on the subject of the position with which they disagree, right. so that they are coming to an informed position. Mm-hmm. both for themselves and hopefully in terms of understanding where where their partner is coming from. Right. Like Todd, I would certainly not put it in the category of a, of a Christian marrying a non-Christian. I'm mm-hmm. sure there are Reformed Baptists out there who are Christians. Um, <laughs> no, it's just <laughs> a little scum. joke. Please don't yeah. email us about that one. That was just <laughs> a little joke. I'm sure uh, you know, I'd be absolutely delighted if one of my sons married a, a, a Reformed Baptist girl. Sure. I, you know, as a parent, your desire is that your child marries in the Lord. That's the most important thing. But there are other issues, and clearly the issue of agreeing with what to do with the children and being able to act in accordance, well, being able to sleep at night, being able to act in accordance yeah. with one's conscience is, is an important thing for a Christian. Um, right. For, that's That cough there comes from the fact that Todd is actually smoking his pipe. I know. I was just, I was just wondering if he smokes his pipe during uh, premarital counseling. I do. <laughs> It, it, it lends a sense of, of sobriety over yeah. the whole thing. Yeah. yeah. Gives this um, air of extra wisdom. Uh-huh, it does. It makes pipe. me look far more intelligent than I actually am. It's um, a good job, the, Amy and I are in the underground bunker, so you, you know, yeah. you're miles right. away in Virginia, so you <laughs> can't blow smoke in exactly. our face. It's just my dogs that are getting the secondhand smoke. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, I, I, you know, I, yeah, Carl, I agree. I, I mean, we've, we've joked about this before. You know, I've, I've got this daughter i've i've put her on ebay um for any eligible christian men um out there uh, who have a uh, a suitable dowry but you know if if she were to um uh, marry a a a reformed baptist uh, you know I, I wouldn't lose any sleep over that so long as he loves the lord and and loves her well um i you know now what what what, what the challenge would be though see my daughter when when she was younger, we were still Baptists, and so she was baptized as a believer. The, the I think 
one of the real difficulties here is going to be if if the Presbyterian partner in this soon-to-be marriage was raised Presbyterian, mm-hmm. baptized as an infant, right. he or she has to know that if they're going to end up joining a Baptist church, then he or she is going to have to be rebaptized mm-hmm. to be a member yeah. of that church and to receive communion. Mm-hmm. He or she is not going to be allowed, if it's the typical Baptist church, it's not going to be allowed to re- even receive communion if he or she is not rebaptized. And so, you know, they've got to be willing to do that and not begrudgingly. Well, you know, they've so, got to be ready to say, I'll do this and I'll do this, you know, with a clear conscience and I'll be okay with can it. Can you do that with a clear conscience? Double dip and stuff? I, I, I would have a hard time doing that, I think. Had <laughs> I, I been I, I would really have a hard time. That would be really hard for me. Mm-hmm. But Well, and Carl had suggested before that maybe a good compromise would be the Reformed Baptist joining the Presbyterian Church since he would not have to be rebaptized. Yep. And he that, would be accepted into membership. And right. then the wife compromising by saying that she will wait for a profession of faith for baptizing. Right. You stole my good line that I've used three times. Oh, before you did not. <laughs> you used it in you, the after you. recording. <laughs> and I said that was such a good point, it should have gone in the recording. Now I understand. I gave you credit. We, we, we trash these recordings until Amy gets a chance to use the brilliant insight. <laughs> <laughs> No, I, I absolutely agree with myself there. So. Yeah, that would be a necessary compromise. I, mean, I think I, that's yeah, a yeah. really wise compromise. Yeah. You know, like I said, unless the, the, the Presbyterian um, is able to, to be re- rebaptized with a, a clear conscience. Uh, Carl, you mentioned earlier that probably each uh, spouse-to-be ought to read a book from the other perspective. Yeah. I, I don't want to abandon that point before maybe we just throw out a couple titles. I would say if you're going to do that, then read Tom Schreiner's book called Believer's Baptism, and then read either Danny Hyde's book, Jesus Loves the Little Children, which is kind of a shorter, more popular-level book. Or if you want to dig in a lot deeper and read a longer book, uh, John Fesco's book on baptism, Word, Water, and Spirit. Yeah, I would recommend uh, John's book's particularly good because it gives detailed history and, uh, and a wide array of different views on baptism. Danny's book is the one we give away at Cornerstone. When people ask about infant baptism, we, we give them Danny's book as a as a primer and a starter because it's a very clear and concise statement of the issues. On the issue of church membership, I think it's also worth remembering that you know, life is complicated. And much as we admire, for example, the reformers, the reformers were not averse to a little bit of pragmatism to get things done. Calvin wanted communion every week but could only get it four times a year because of the need for a military alliance with the Swiss city of Bern. So Calvin compromised on the Lord's Supper, one might say. Better to compromise and keep the wheels turning on a a small point like that. Mm -hmm. So I really do think that a a good compromise on on the the interconfessional marriage question would be to attend the church where both uh, partners could be members without impinging or infringing upon their consciences right mm-hmm. and please please have this worked out before you say i do i know when you're engaged love's going to cover everything but it doesn't work like that and make those decisions mm-hmm. before you take your vows so that they don't become uh places where where bitterness can can spring up you, you don't want that happening and i would think because i too um my all my children were baptized at the same time because we did not 
convert from a Baptistic belief to a paedo-Baptistic belief until I was pregnant with our third child. And then all of a sudden it became so urgent as we started to learn more about the implications with covenant theology. And um, I was really convicted that um, credo-baptism was a part of dispensationalism. And um, all of a sudden it became very urgent. Like I really wanted... I was feeling very convicted for my children to be baptized now, you know, right. and as an obedience thing and to give mm-hmm. them, the, to allow them the sign and the seal of, of the visible, visible community, mm-hmm. covenant community. So um, I can only imagine that those convictions will grow when the children are born right. and it'll become right. uh, a stronger conviction. So it yeah. would be very important to discuss how you're going to handle that. All. Yeah, exactly. And to understand that the Presbyterians, um, are you know are allowed to be are, are allowed to have as deep a convictions about baptisms as Baptists are allowed to have. Mm-hmm. You know sometimes sometimes there's it's almost a given that that the Presbyterian ought to compromise on this and that shouldn't be a given. Yeah, and we must remember not that numbers necessarily count for for everything, but credo baptism is a distinctly minority position in the church in the history mm-hmm. of the church. Mm-hmm. Um, there are other issues, of course, that need to be discussed in such a marriage, and that is how do you raise your children right. spiritually? Mm-hmm. The fundamental question is do you pray with your children or do you pray for your children? Mm-hmm. Most of us, I think, do a combination of, of both. Right. Right. But you know, that's a question, too. Do you treat your children as being part of the covenant and therefore right. pray for them in accordance with that? Or do you pray for them as you would pray for an unbelieving neighbor? Right. Uh, that too is an issue, and I, you know, I suspect for for these marriages there is no one size fits all answer to that. But again, it's a question that should be raised before the marriage vows are taken because it could be an area of tension. Right. Do we solve all the world's problems? I think we might well have done. Um, that might have been the best of the of the what was it fifteen recordings was, we made of this one. one. I, more I, concise. Yeah, I yeah. predict that by the time we have to do this a fifth time, it can be so good. <laughs> I don't think that the world is ready more. for credo-baptists marrying paedo-baptists, and that's why this whole yeah. <laughs> uh, interruption in our recordings keeps happening. Yeah, well, our listeners need to realize that we don't, you know, it's not easy to create this aura of shambolic amateurism. We have to work, <laughs> we're, we're professionals at this. We have to work Absolutely. very hard, take after take, mm-hmm. until we get the full disaster mm-hmm. within the We've got uh, new bubblegum to hold together yeah. and paper clips to, yeah. to make sure that yeah. It has become time. easier to sound amateurish since Amy joined, mm-hmm. I have to say. Mm-hmm. That is, that, that's, that's very I'd clear. i do that for you guys. <laughs> well, uh, thank you very much for listening today. I think we've... Well, we may not have solved any problems, but I hope we've thrown out (laughs) some of the important and relevant questions that it's necessary to ask in this situation. Uh, Clearly, we want to rejoice every time a Christian believer falls in love with another Christian believer and they embark on a long and happy marriage. That's a a cause for rejoicing. But we also need to realize there are some hard-headed theological and practical questions that need to be asked. And we hope that by unpacking this particular issue, for you. We've helped some of you at least think more clearly about these issues. Please visit our website, mortificationofspin.org, and we look forward to being with you all again next time. Thanks very much.
Thanks for listening to Mortification of Spin, Bully Pulpit, a podcast of the Alliance of Confessing Evangelicals. The Alliance is a coalition of pastors, scholars, and churchmen who hold the historical creeds and confessions of the Reformed faith and who proclaim biblical doctrine in order to foster a Reformed awakening in today's church. This week, the gang talked about one potential struggle in marriage. To continue the conversation, we'd like you to head over to our website and listen to a message, Marriage and Its Many Problems, by James Boyce. That's at mortificationofspin.org. And be sure to join us next week for this conversation. Yeah, it's because Mark, I was stumbling you definitely over said Mark, but, but But in the United States, I, I, I mean, you, you say schedule, we say schedule. You say Gresham, we say Gresham. Gresham. No, but the Machen people say Gresham. Well, they're wrong. Yeah. And, and, <laughs> and so moving right along. I'm sitting, here with, I'm sitting here with two people who claim to be Presbyterians and don't know how to pronounce Gresham Machen. Gresham. Uh, Gresham. You know, if you want Got a it. microcosm Gresham. of all that's wrong with the Christian world in North America, I'm, I'm sitting in it now. All that next time. And don't forget to head over to mortificationofspin.org to read and comment on articles from Amy, Todd, and Carl and listen to Marriage and Its Many Problems by James Boyce. forgot to tell him that it's better to marry a Reformed Baptist good guy than a paedo-baptist jerk. There are no paedo-baptists who are jerks, are there? I mean, surely we, we, <laughs> we, don't, we don't know any at all. I've heard of a few here and there. Mm, mm, mm.